The refreshing non-alcoholic beverage I'm drinking right now is H2O Ops, a carbonated sparkling water brewed with Northwest hops and no yeast, grains, or sweeteners. So the first time I tried H2O Ops, I was blown away by how balanced the hop taste was, bold but not overpowering or bitter. I personally love hoppy beers, and this was a perfect substitute that you can think about drinking any time of the day. I could easily see myself drinking this while grilling outside on a hot summer day or sipping it right after a nice long hike. Hi everyone, I'm Marco Salazar and welcome to the For All Drinks podcast, your place for discovering delicious non-alcoholic beer, wine, spirits, mocktails, and more for leading a fun, healthy, and inclusive lifestyle. On today's episode, we'll be chatting with Paul Tecker, co-founder and CEO of H2O Ops. H2O Ops produced America's first craft brew sparkling hop water using a variety of craft brewing techniques like dry hopping to coax out all the hoppy goodness of their select Northwest hop blend to create a sparkling water with subtle and complex flavors. I'm excited for you to learn about this zero sugar, zero alcohol, zero calories, gluten-free option. Thanks so much for joining us today. Paul has been a longtime home brewer and craft beer enthusiast, but was also a proponent of healthy food and beverages and believed that the amazing flavor of hops shouldn't be limited to craft beer. After experimenting with brewing techniques in different hop varieties over several years, Paul created a recipe that showcased the elegant and complex flavors of Northwest Aroma hops without strong bitterness. And hence... H2O Ops was born. In this episode, we discuss how H2O Ops started with experimenting with home brewing, what is the unique blend of hops they use to get the refreshing and complex aromas of hop without strong bitterness, the positive response people had to H2O Hops for those who have stopped or decreased their consumption of alcohol, as well as how H2O Ops is providing a product where everyone can feel included in any social situation. So here he is, Paul Tecker from H2O Ops. Hey, Paul, welcome to the For All Drinks podcast. Great to be here. I'm super excited to chat with you today because you have one of the most refreshing non-alcoholic beverages that I've ever tasted. And when I was looking at what options were available when I started reducing my drinking, you were one of the first brands that popped up. So to kick it off, I'd love for you to share where did the idea for H2Ops come from? Thank you. Uh, we're actually the pioneer first to market in this space, category creator, and the inspiration came from home brewing. And I started growing hops in my backyard to brew with and had some leftover one day and I was just smelling them. And that was a light bulb moment to, to experiment and just brew it up like I would brew a beer, but just use the hops. So we're using dry hopping and kettle additions and all that kind of stuff. And I tasted it. I didn't know what to expect, but it was, there was something there. It was just really good. And that was the light bulb moment. Hops is such a distinct flavor. So after that moment where you just started experimenting, what did that look like to then, oh, I could actually make a business out of this? What was that process of getting started? Yeah, good question. Um, it, it took a while. One thing I've learned in business and marketing, you know, which I have a little bit of a background in, is that you don't want to be a me too. You want to have something that is different, has a point of difference. And, and I also know that it's difficult to build awareness for something new. The first thing was just like, can I make something that that tastes good and, and replicate it. And, and so I did, friends and family just loved it. And so what I did is I took it to a craft beer festival and just handed out samples. And that's when I knew that, wow, we're really onto something because people are just like blew their minds. They was like, what, what are we drinking here? And because they've never tasted anything like it, they've tasted beer 
but this is just way more refreshing because it doesn't have the the sugary malts or the the yeast that that you have in beer and and it was just so refreshing and i think that's the one word that just keeps coming up over and over again it's just wow that's really refreshing and are you sure there's no alcohol in it but yeah so that's kind of how it got started I was just going to focus on that word refreshing. Like I can see myself and I've done this where I can pop open an H2Ops in the middle of the day and it's very refreshing if I want to take a break at work or if I want to just relax in the evening. When it comes to, just as you pointed out, as opposed to being very filling and having lots of sugars when it comes to beer, how did you balance out how much hops flavor you wanted to infuse in? That's a good question. If you if you have a beer background, you look at balance. A lot of brewers will talk about how is this beer balanced? And a lot of times you're trying to balance that sweetness of the malts and some of the bitterness and the citrusy flavors from the from the hops. And then if if something's out of balance, you'll say it's malt forward or you'll say it's hop forward in in the beer world. And this cannot be more hop forward than, than anything else because there's absolutely no malts and no sugars in there. And it gets into the hop selection. And so there are two different classifications of hops. There's over a hundred varieties. There's a couple of different buckets. There's one that are the bittering hops, which are the traditional hops that historically was the most important aspect of hops just to balance out that sweetness. And then in the craft beer world, this discovery of all these just amazing flavors that are citrusy, piney, floral, aromatic, and, and just really add these complex, fantastic flavors that, that are really nothing else into beer. And this is what the craft beer world is doing. And so those are called the aroma hops. And those are the ones that we use like citrus, Imco, Amarillo, Mosaic. And we have a special blend that, that we use and we're constantly looking at uh, new ones to try, but that's kind of how we look at it. And we do a lot of dry hopping. Dry hopping is at the cooler temperatures that really brings out a lot of those flavors, but we also balance out the kettle, which is the hot. And so I think if you look at the label of our bottle, it's two ingredients. It's water and it's hops. <laughs> we don't add any flavors or even any hop oils to it, but it's really complex in how to extract out all those different flavors. And it took a number of years of experimentation to get that flavor just right. And then the other aspect of it is there's no alcohol to act as a preservative, right? And then if you look at pasteurization, which is the typical way of preserving a product, it, it'll just wreck the flavor of it. And we had to go through all kinds of research and development and experts and to get to something that is safe to drink, as well as preserves that flavor. And I can say that it was, I wasn't even sure if we we're going to be able to do it. And, but it just took years to get to that point to, to where we can produce this product. Yeah, and I think you're pointing out something that's really interesting in the non-alcoholic beverage industry, and I think people that are new to it, is that there's a lot of research and experimentation and time and money that goes into developing these products. I think a lot of people equate value with alcohol and alcohol content, and that doesn't necessarily mean that much research and time and energy is going into making these products. True. That's true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess that's something we battle. We, our average retail price is $1.99 a bottle and our consumers haven't really said too much about that. I think if you compare it to a kombucha or other drinks that it's right in line, but it's definitely not your sparkling water. That's just carbonated water and a little drop of liquid flavor in it. That's about the most inexpensive type of uh, product to, to produce, but we're using the whole hop flour 
that is compressed. And then we brew with that. And that's, that's something that is really a craft brewed plant-based product that, that we're producing. And we think consumers are experiencing it when they taste it and say, yes, hey, this is real. I can taste that this is a real plant-based beverage and not something that came from a chemical factory. And I think because of that, you're also, not only is it refreshing, but it's also zero calories. So it's a pretty healthy drink as well. Yeah. And so in beer, you know, the calories come from the the malts where they, in the brewing process, you, act, you extract the sugars from the grains and then the yeast ferments those sugars into alcohol. But in that process, the calories don't go away. There's still calories in there from the alcohol. And uh, we don't have grains. We don't have sugars. And, and there's no, there are really no sugars in the hops themselves. And so it's just naturally zero alcohol, zero calories, zero carbs, and also gluten-free. And where do you get your hops from? We have a relationship with a co-op of farmers up in the Yakima Valley. And they have their co-op has farmers in Oregon and Washington and Idaho primarily. And we go up there every year. We didn't go up this year. It was more of a virtual thing, but it's great out there just to meet the farmers and walk the fields and smell the experimental hops that they're, that they're producing out there and, and really learn about what's going on. And it's, it's an agricultural crop. It's a food and it's, it's just so impressive, you know, what they do. And they're the ones that make us look good. And you touched on this earlier when you were talking about your branding, and I think we were talking about this right before the recording, is that you all have some really interesting branding in that your branding mimics the taste. Like when I taste an H2Ops uh, drink and I look at the branding, there's not any disconnect. So how did you actually come up with the branding? Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, if you look at our, our bottle and our label, it's green. And I think that because we're using the whole hops and hops are green and it just seemed like a natural. And then also that we're in the sparkling water space. You generally will not find us in the non-alcoholic beer space. And so we didn't want to put it in an amber bottle. We experimented with that at first and it just didn't seem to connect as being refreshing. And so the product itself is just refreshing and hoppy. And that's why we picked that kind of color scheme. And, and then we chose a graphic designer in uh, Vancouver, Canada, who worked with some of the beer industry and did some beer labels and just seemed to be a, you know, a real fan of the concept and really liked his work. And his name's uh, Ross Buswell. He just did uh, an incredible job. Yeah, he's with Atmosphere Design. If you're looking for a good designer, uh, talk to Ross. Good to know. And then one of the things you just recently did this past year, I believe, is you came out with some new flavors. Can you talk about those and how you decided on those new flavors? We started off with just our original for about four years. And the idea is just, just to get across the idea of what hop water is and, and not try to confuse it too much. And one of the things that is pretty flattering is that Heineken Lagunitas came out with their hop water a couple of years after us. And they give us credit for being the pioneers. And I know they're great guys over there. And their product has a little bit different flavor. Their brewing process, they've add some, added some natural flavors to it to enhance the hops that they have in there. And, and that flavor is a little bit different than ours. Ours, I would say, has true hop character in your face. It's light and refreshing and not bitter, ours. But, you know, theirs has a little smoother, more drink-like flavor because of the natural flavors, at least in my uh, assessment. And one of the things, so we, th so we thought we need to 
expand a little bit too and uh, capture some of that market as well as grow and appeal to people that have different tastes. And that was really got me thinking that maybe the time was to, to expand a little bit. And so for inspiration, we looked at our local craft breweries and what they're doing. And the grapefruit IPAs at that time were just, just out there and just amazing. And I really believe that grapefruit is one of those, one of those uh, rare flavors and fruits that pairs really well with hops. I think it really enhances that. And so we launched our grapefruit. And just over the course of a year, the grapefruit is, at least in the stores that carry both, is selling about the same. It's uh, 50-50. And so we think there's some incremental business there. There's some people that say, oh, I really love the grapefruit. That's my favorite. And there's others that I really just love the original, which is just the hops. And that's my personal favorite too. The grapefruit's awesome. And I see you're drinking a grapefruit there right now which is fantastic. But my go-to is always the original. And I guess it's different occasions, whatever seems appropriate for the time. Yeah, the grapefruit really does complement it. I was very surprised it's not overly grapefruity and it blends really well. Awesome. We're just announcing that we're coming up with a new flavor. And that's also inspiration from the craft beer world. And it's a mango. And so the mango is going to go into a couple of retailers here in California to start off with. And then uh, we're going to be uh, releasing it online as well. And then one of the things that you said earlier, which I thought was interesting, is that you don't necessarily sit in the alcohol beverage space, but you use an ingredient that is so typically part of the alcohol industry. So where do you sit between the sparkling water versus non-alcoholic beverages? There's emerging non-alcoholic beers and wines and spirits. And where do you feel like you're sitting and where does your customer base sit? We really have, we, most of our customers actually are beer drinkers, whether that be a non-alcoholic beer or a alcoholic beer. And so a lot of times the occasion is going to be a little bit different. And sometimes it's going to be the same occasion. I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, personal preference and, and what they like. And I really think we're at the nexus of these two different categories, if you will, the sparkling water category and the non-alcoholic craft beer category. And we think that Unlike the non-alcoholic craft category, our occasions are a little bit different when people are going to choose to drink it. With lunch, at work, there's not that kind of stigma that, or, or I don't know if you want to call it a stigma, but somebody might tell you, oh, hey, you're drinking a non-alcoholic beer. That's strange at a certain time of day. But if you're drinking it in the evening after work or whatever, then hey, maybe for some people that seems more appropriate. But for us, you can drink hop water anytime. Lunch morning. I remember there was the, I think it was the World Cup that was being televised where like the finals are early in the morning and people, it's like a beer drinking occasion and, and things like that. And so many people posted that they were drinking hop water because you don't want to be, it just didn't seem right for that particular time of occasion for that, that day part, if you will, or that occasion. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense in terms of being able to drink it at any point in all kinds of situations. So when you ended up launching, how was the response? You're talking about you focused a little bit more on retail and how has that shifted because of the pandemic? Our first launch was into bars and restaurants and we felt that this is something that people have not heard of and that the best thing for us to do is just to utilize those servers, those people that were enthusiastic to share it. If somebody is looking, hey, what do you have that's non-alcoholic? They can talk about it. So you've got to try this amazing new H2OPS hop water. And what is that? And they can explain it. 
Whereas if you just see it as a menu item or you don't know to ask for it, then you might not get that. And so that was pretty successful for us as a way to start. And then we moved into retailers where people discover new things like Whole Foods and some of the natural food space. And then we, we started really seeing a lot of the online partners that sell our product really ramp up their ordering as people uh, went out less and shopping less. And, and then we have something new to announce, and, and that's uh, with Amazon. Amazon uh, reached out to us and, and invited us to be a part of their Launchpad program, which is for new and innovative food and drink and kind of craft and newer type products. And, and so we're in the process of setting that up right now. And I think probably by the time this hits the air, that we'll, we'll have that there as a new option for customers that can't get it. Because I think with new brands and we're not Coke, Pepsi, Bud Coors, Miller, that just instantly throws things out and it's everywhere, but it's really hard to find. And that's the number one thing that when people reach out to us on social media or just sending emails like, where can I find this? I can't find it anymore. or I, I just can't find it at all. And that's that really fills that in. And primary is going to be going to your local store, your local retailer, your barn rest. And that's always going to be probably your most, from a value standpoint, because you don't have to ship something through the mail. That's going to be your go-to. But if for some reason you just don't have that available to you, it's a new option. One of the things you're making me think about is how, when you first launched, did stores and retails respond? And has that shifted in terms of this type of product? It's It's been surprisingly positive. I guess I fully expected that this was just going to be, there's no category for this. And I come back to us when you have something that was successful somewhere else. And I was just blown away by the how responsive they were. Just like, wow, yeah, this makes total sense that the sparkling water category is big. The non-alcoholic space is starting to grow. And if you take a look at the statistics and dry January this year, 21% of American drinkers participated in dry January. They took that dry January challenge. And the primary reason for that when this Nielsen study is that it's for health and wellness reasons. People are looking to feel better. They're looking to, and then as from the community that, that you're a part of, is that there's so many people that don't drink and and for a lot of good reasons and it's just been uh it's just been a lot of people start they start with that dry january and then they just realize how good they feel and then they're converted to like maybe i want to feel like this all the time or continue it into february or whatever it may be yeah that's that's something that that we're seeing as well when I had the idea to create this beverage, my go-to was sparkling water. So when I wanted to moderate, when I wanted to just not be drinking alcohol, the sparkling water has a little bit of carbonation to it, actually a lot of carbonation and a little bit of flavor. And that was just something that, that made sense. And then when I thought about it, I was like, gosh, how cool would it be if that sparkling water had the same flavor as hops? And, and that's when I thought, geez, this, is, this could be something big. Absolutely. My go-to drink is soda, water, and bitters at night. And this is also just another really great alternative just because it has such a bold flavor. Uh, it's not overpowering and it's just really refreshing. And you definitely have, it has a, a really nice kick to it. So taking a step back, can you share a little bit about your background and how what you've done in the past has impacted or influenced the launch of H2OPS? I'd like to probably 
start with with my wife and she went to school at Stanford and when we were dating and we were throwing parties for friends she always brought up the uh, what said we have to have some enabs and I said what the heck are enabs and I don't know people that go to Stanford they have like acronyms for everything there who tau they shorten things and have acronyms and and it actually stands for and it's actually a Stanford policy that if you are throwing a party and have where uh, you have a party where alcoholic beverages are served, that you are required by school policy to have ENABs, which is a equally attractive non-alcoholic beverage <laughs> as an alternative and plural, like many of them. So that people that are not drinking have something to drink that is, and I think the key word is equally attractive. And that's something that has been missing for forever and until just recently. And so I think if I look back at the earliest inspiration for this idea, I would say that was it, that it stuck in my mind that this whole idea of offering an equally attractive non-alcoholic alternative or an ENAB at a party, and that what are you going to do? Is it going to be an O'Doul's? Is it going to be something else? And it just really didn't fit. They're just really, it was a real pain point for people. And we're drinking just plain sparkling water or sodas or the same kind of drinks that you would drink on any old occasion, it seems like in a celebration or when other people are drinking alcohol, that you should have something special too. It shouldn't be just the same thing that, that you would drink with your burger and a Coke, you know, for lunchtime or at a fast food chain or something like that. It should be something special. And there really hasn't been that alternative until now. And it's just amazing, this community that you've created. And I am in admiration of all the entrepreneurs out there that have created everything from gin to tequila to Prosecco to you name it, alternatives out there that, 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 people are, that people are doing. And so that was the earliest inspiration for me. I think you had mentioned when we were talking before the interview, did you say earlier that you were part of the, the beverage industry previously? Yes. Yeah, I did. I, I work for a kind of a medium-sized company as a brand manager and doing new product development. So I got to really see from the inside, like how a lot of things that are sodas and other drinks that are how they're produced. And I really, really, be, you know, believe like what we're doing is really different. So in the beverage industry, there's flavor houses that you just say, hey, I want to create a, a lemonade. Can you give me a lemon flavor? And I'll add some sugar to it and some citric acid and some lemon flavor, and I'll call it a lemonade. And that's kind of how it's traditionally been done. But there's a real difference with craft beer and craft beverages where they're using real ingredients. And in our case, we're actually brewing it, not fermenting, but brewing with different temperatures to extract out some of the, the amazing flavors. And so that's kind of my background. And, and I think that when I decided to strike out on my own, I wanted to do things different that really is a healthy, better for you product. And when you started out on your own, how did you build your team? Like, and what's your team like now? It started off with really just me. And, and then I brought in a, a college buddy of mine who has an operations background. And he invested in the business and really got us to the next level. And we've just, we've had so many people in the industry reach out to us and just say, I love what you're doing. I drink it all the time. I'd love to work for you. I'd love to help you. And we're just bootstrapping. And this is all my savings and just my own resources. 
And we've had a lot of people volunteer their time from others to help us reach out to retailers and distributors and all the kind of things that you need to do. And we're getting to a point right now where we're building out our team and working to raise more funds to grow. And it's an exciting time right now. And so we're going to be doing some hiring in the near future and and really expanding this and being able to share it with more people. I love to hear that. And what type of people do you like to have apply for jobs? Like, What are the type of people that you're looking for to join your team? It's a combination of just passion for the product, because I think that really comes through in everything that you do, that it's, it's not just a job. We have a mission and our mission is to really improve the lives of beer drinkers who are moderating or abstaining and to provide alternatives for people that are no longer drinking or they just want to enjoy that flavor on more occasions. And we think all of that is improving the world. It's improving the lives of people. And we found that that people that we work with really get behind that. We're looking for a diverse group that have talents and skills and ideas and things that may be unconventional, because I think that those type of unique backgrounds and perspectives will help open up doors that maybe we wouldn't think of. And certainly people that have been there and done that before too. That's certainly valuable and applying some of those big company or experiences and skills to something that's craft and, and small and growing that. And I think that's just satisfying for everybody and it makes for a great team. Awesome. And what's the, what's the thing you love most about work? I think it's that I don't consider it work. I'm, I guess you would say I'm working all the time, but I just really enjoy it. I feel like I'm doing something that is good for the world. I think it's something that is exciting because it's challenging because there's, we're, we're trying to build awareness. We're trying to get on the shelves against mega beverage companies. And, and that's a battle where they're, they have a lot of money and they have a lot of resources and they don't like that. They don't like to see somebody wiggle their way in there. And it's just, it's exciting because there's some competition out there. So you have a sense of that and you feel like you're the underdog, you're the good guy and fighting the battle. And, and then also it's just heartening to get all the emails that we get from people that have said, I haven't had alcohol for two years and this has just changed my life. It's been like a social reawakening where they've discovered this and they can taste the amazing flavor of hops again without having any alcohol and it makes them feel fantastic. And so that's what really keeps me going. And it just doesn't seem like work. It just, and I just really enjoy it no matter what time of day it is. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. I love hearing when people just love everything that they're doing and you're creating and you're building and you're innovating. And as you pointed out, you're also trying to make people's lives better, which is awesome. So where do you see yourself and the company the next few years? I see big things. I think if you look at the experts out there and this, even you look at Anheuser-Busch, their CEO said that their non-alcoholic category is like 8% globally. They anticipate in the next few years, it's going to be 20%. So I think they're seeing what's going on with dry January. They're seeing millennials and younger consumers uh, drinking less alcohol and, and, and some people abstaining. And I think that we're in a sweet spot where we are the first market brand that has a craft story that, that big beverage companies, whether they copy us or do something similar, they're not going to be able to replicate that craft story and authenticity that we've created. And I think it's going to resonate. I think we're going to grow. 
And we're talking to investors that share our enthusiasm and our vision for the future and are helping us make that happen. Exciting times. Very exciting times. I think we're at the beginning stages of this non-alcoholic beverage industry growing and just really exploding. And I appreciate all the work that you've done uh, in innovating in a product, bringing this new category to life and providing a really good option for people. So where can people find H2 OPS? Yeah, our biggest retailer is Whole Foods, but we're not in all divisions and all stores. And so I would look to your kind of natural food stores out here in the West. BevMo has been a fantastic partner and they carry both our grapefruit and our original. And I think the best thing to do is just go to our website, which is h2ops.com and just click on retailers and it pulls up a map and you can see the different retailers in your area. And then, as I say, we're going to be launching with uh, Amazon Launchpad so that even if one of those retailers is not close to you, you should be able to order that. And we're trying something new that so if you're one of those out there, probably most of you have never tried our product and you want to try just one bottle. We're offering one bottle on Amazon and we're probably we're losing money doing it. But but it's I think it's going to be four dollars and ninety five cents. And that'll be a way for you just to try it. And then if you really like it, you can buy a case and and, and we think that's going to happen. So that's pretty exciting too. Yeah, that's really great. I think that's one of the things that I'm seeing so much in this emerging non-alcoholic beverage space is, especially with the pandemic, people don't have an opportunity to just try them. And that's really the important thing. So that's a really smart, innovative thing that you're doing. Thank you. I hope you try H2O Ops as it's one of my favorite healthy non-alcoholic beverages that you can drink anytime. And as of this recording, they just got on Amazon so you can easily purchase their product. If you're subscribed to the show, thanks for being part of the For All Drinks community. I'd be super grateful if you can take a moment to leave me a rating if you enjoyed this episode and the podcast. If you're not a subscriber yet, be sure to subscribe to this and all the other episodes of the podcast to start discovering more delicious non-alcoholic drinks. Lastly, visit foralldrinks.com for show notes to this episode and sign up for our newsletter to get the latest non-alcoholic beverage news, special giveaways, discounts, and more. Here's to drinking healthy, inclusively, and different. See you all next week.